Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here's your host, Price Atkinson. Yes, the season is starting to come to a close. And in fact, the regular season has come to a close for one of our three teams. Air Force wrapping it up this past weekend. We'll tell you all about their last game uh, of the 2019 regular season, as well as Navy finishing up American Athletic Conference play against Houston on the road. And of course, as we get set now for the all-important Army-Navy game, so much on the line next week in Philadelphia. We've got a lot to do, and we're going to talk with Malcolm Perry, the senior quarterback for the Navy midshipmen. Talked to him earlier this week from the Army-Navy press conference in Philadelphia. Going to bring you that interview with, with Malcolm Perry talking about this game coming up next week. Also about wrapping up the regular season, well, at least the AAC portion of the season, winning a share of the American West Division. Also about his NFL future. What does he see? What does he think about potentially uh, giving it a go and having a shot at the next level? All that with Malcolm Perry, the senior Navy captain signal caller so we got a lot to do there uh, obviously we are going to look ahead start looking ahead to the game next week we're going to bring you some sound from that uh, army navy press conference the annual luncheon the week before the game in philadelphia we will do that here certainly our our, our travis manion foundation honor roll segment we will have that coming up uh, just a little bit later as we wrap up every podcast, you know, honoring a fallen hero, one that has given the ultimate sacrifice. So a whole lot to do here on this episode of Yards and Stripes. What we need to do right now before we give out our game ball, we got to look ahead, or excuse me, look back at the two games last weekend, Navy at Houston and Air Force hosting Wyoming. Let's start in Colorado Springs. And oh, how sweep it is as Air Force sweeps the home portion of its 2019 schedule. The Air Force Falcons taking a 20-6 victory over Wyoming into the postseason now as they knock off the Cowboys to win their 10th game of the season, their 7th straight victory, the most since winning eight games back in 1998, which ironically was the last time uh, that Air Force won 10-plus games. But the Falcons get the win 20-6 over the visiting Cowboys to, to finish 7-1 in Mountain West Conference play. That only blemish, obviously, was to Boise State. But a fantastic afternoon by the Air Force defense on a cold, very, very blustery day there in Colorado Springs. Defense was the name of the game, obviously, for both teams as Air Force gained just 305 yards while they held Wyoming to just 225 yards of total offense. But it was the three turnovers that the Air Force defense forced, including a pair of interceptions by Air Force safety Jeremy Fedulum. As I mentioned, defense was the the, the topic of the day there uh, at very cold Falcon Stadium as it took a while for uh, both teams to get going. And here is how Air Force opened the scoring of the game in the first play of the second quarter. Hammond will sneak it. He gets a push from Taven Bordeaux. The officials come in, touchdown, Air Force. Donald Hammond goes in from a yard out, and the Falcons take the early lead. That audio courtesy of Jim Arthur and the Air Force Radio Network, Donald Hammond the third. He goes in from one yard out, gives Air Force a 7-0 lead to begin the second quarter. That was all the scoring there in the first half. 
There wouldn't be any more points put on the board until a Jake Conkey 31-yard field goal with 5.50 to go in the third quarter. That gave Air Force a 10-0 lead. But Cooper Roth, he finally got the, the Cowboys on the board with a 26-yard field goal early in the fourth to bring them within seven. But Conkey would not come then a 27-yard field goal uh, before Wyoming would come back one, with one of their own. And then the biggest play of the day, Benjamin Waters hauling in a 75-yard touchdown pass from Hammond. Here's how it sounded. Second and 10. Air Force at their own 25. Hammond to throw. Fires. Open. Catch. Waters. Midfield. 40. C.U. Later. Touchdown. Air Force. Again, that audio courtesy of the Air Force Radio Network. Jim Arthur, of course, on the call as Hammond hits Waters over the top, hits him in stride, and he just outruns the Wyoming secondary en route to the 75-yard touchdown. Fantastic game, again, by the Air Force defense, including that defensive front that was really disrupted all afternoon long. Wyoming just 4-12 on third down conversions, and and the Air Force defense held Wyoming to just 114 yards rushing. Also mentioned a second ago uh, that Air Force finished the 2019 regular season undefeated at home. Uh, That's just the sixth time uh, in Academy history that that has happened, including four under head coach Troy Calhoun. But a major milestone for the program, winning its 400th game in the history of Air Force Academy football. Air Force now 329-13 in 64 seasons of college football. But that's how it sounded, and that's how it went down in in Colorado Springs. Again, Air Force 20-6 over visiting Wyoming. Finally, Navy heading to the Lone Star State to take on Houston in their final American Athletic Conference game of the season. And Navy in a high-scoring affair, which you would expect against the Houston Cougars. Navy emerges with a 56-41 victory over Houston uh, to move to 9-2 in the regular season, but finishes 7-1 in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Navy gains a share of the AAC West Division uh, by virtue of that tie with Memphis, but Memphis moves on, and they will play Cincinnati in a rematch uh, from this past weekend as Memphis beat Cincinnati. Uh, at home, it will be a rematch between those same two teams this weekend. But Navy getting a share of the conference championship and most importantly getting a win heading into the Army game with that really a good taste in their mouth. Uh, Davies defense clearly gave up a little bit more than Brian Newberry said afterwards and he would have liked. But uh, forcing five turnovers in the game, that will get it done as Navy forced one fumble uh, and then intercepted four Houston passes on the afternoon or on the evening, I should say. Uh, Jamel Carruthers, what else can you say about the sophomore fullback from Bowling Green, Kentucky, rushing for a career-high 188 yards, including five touchdowns uh, in the football game, coming up one shy of the AAC single-game record. But uh, as the football game started, uh, Houston got on the board early on a 67-yard touchdown pass, but Carruthers would come back on the very next drive for Navy eight yards out. And then less than two minutes later, goes in again from 17 yards out to give Navy the 14-7 lead. Hockey cow in the short post. Inside give Carruthers. Jamel up the middle into the end zone. There he goes. Touchdown. Navy midshipman. Now, audio courtesy of the Navy Radio Network, Pete, Met- Pete Medhurst on the call, our good friend, as Carruthers, his second touchdown of the quarter, 
Houston would come right back uh, to tie the game, but Malcolm Perry, a 15-yard touchdown run, uh, gives Navy a 21-14 lead at the end of the first quarter. It was mostly uh, Houston there in the second stanza. They tie the game 21-21 on a five-yard touchdown pass uh, from Toon to Stevenson. C.J. Williams, how about this one? After an interception that Navy gets, C.J. Williams takes it in. Here's that intercepted! There it is! Carter Bankston! Right on cue, Joe Miller comes up with a huge interception for the mids. Returns it inside the five. First and goal coming up, Navy, at the Houston three. Very under center. Right hash mark. They'll pitch it outside. C.J. Williams will run to Frisco. Touchdown, Navy midshipman. That interception by Carter Bankston uh, gave Navy a short field to work with inside the five, and all C.J. Williams had to do was go in from three yards out uh, to give Navy a 28-21 to lead. And that was the lead that they would not relinquish the rest of the night as they got a couple Dalton Wither, Witherspoon field goals Houston did to climb to 28-27 uh, at the half. Carruthers, 75-yard touchdown run to begin the third quarter. Puts Navy up eight. Houston would come back and get within one, but from there it was all Navy midshipmen. Carruthers adds a 29-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter to put Navy back up eight. And then Navy gets another 18-yard touchdown run uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Houston gets back on the board, but Carruthers finishes the scoring with a 19-yard run with 3.26 to go. 56-41 is your final score from the Lone Star State in Houston. Again, Navy finishing 9-2 and uh, right now in the regular season with that all-important Army-Navy game coming up here next weekend. And last but not least, out in Hawaii, very late Saturday night, more like early Sunday morning here on the East, the Army Black Knights going out to Hawaii and leaving with a 52-31 to loss as Army now has their bowl hopes dashed, dropping to 5-7 and seven, uh, in the regular season with obviously one more game to go next week against Navy, and that one could really, really change you know, the way Army obviously feels about this season that really has been considered a big disappointment after so much expectation uh, and hype going into the season. But uh, the Black Knights do come up short, uh, giving up the lead late in the second quarter in a shootout to Hawaii. Again, 52-31, to 31, the Rainbow Warriors now will head to the Mount West Conference Championship game to take on Boise State. Uh, but a game for Army uh, that saw s several quarterbacks get in the game and not for the reasons that you want. As Kelvin Hopkins Jr., he was knocked out uh, there in the second quarter. Uh, Christian Anderson went the most of the way for Army, rushing for a game-high 114 yards on 12 carries. Uh, but then Jamel Jones, he had to finish out the game uh, after Anderson was knocked out. Jones finished with six carries, seven yards. But three of four passing, four hundred or for forty-three yards. Uh, one of the big stories of the game uh, was Army or was Army's two interceptions that they threw that Air Force or that Houston, or, excuse me, Hawaii cashed in for for a pair of touchdowns. But as I mentioned, uh, Air Army does come up short. I'll tell you a little bit about how it happened uh, in the football game. Army gets on top. Early in the first quarter, uh, they get a Santa McCoy three-yard touchdown run for the team's exchange field goals. Uh, Chevin Cordiero, the quarterback for Hawaii, who was knocked out late in 
the second quarter, uh, ties the game with a 26-yard touchdown pass. Santa McCoy goes in again uh, from seven yards out, but then uh, it's Cole McDonald who rallies Hawaii uh, past Army uh, with a four-yard touchdown pass to Jason Matthew Sharsh. Uh, seven, four yards out, capping a seven-play, 33-yard drive, uh, courtesy of an interception by the Warriors that gave Hawaii a 24-17 to halftime lead. In the third quarter, the teams would go back and forth. Connor Slomka gets Army to within a touchdown uh, before Cole McDonald responds on the very next drive, putting Hawaii back up by two scores. But then Malik Hancock, a big touchdown, getting the lead back down to seven with 1.26 to go in the third quarter. Hobbs in motion. This out now. Here's the pitch. And block and a touchdown! Boy, Hancock! Herbie! Now audio courtesy of the CBS Sports Network. Uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, it was all rainbows. The rainbows, a 20-yard touchdown pass from McDonald to Smart makes it a 14-point difference. And then the nail in the coffin uh, was a late interception that Hawaii cashed in uh, for a 100-yard pick six by Rojosta Furman Ferris the second. So that was all she wrote there in Hawaii is now Nick Rolovich's team when scoring uh, 40 points or more. They are undefeated at home. Now, as I mentioned also, they will head to the Mountain West Conference Championship game uh, after defeating Army 52-31. to Inside give Carruthers, big hole, Jamel 40, he's at the 50, he's going to run to Waco! First play, Jamel Carruthers, 75 yards, the trap play works again, there's nobody home in the middle, and the mids extend the lead. In just 11 seconds. Hard to deny, Jamel Carruthers, the weekly, our weekly game ball as the sophomore out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. What a performance. Five touchdowns uh, with a career-high 188 yards on 18 carries. A career-high, as I mentioned for him, previous career-high was 154 against Tulane back in October. Uh, but is that audio courtesy of the Navy Radio Network and the play-by-play voice Pete Medhurst uh, as Jamel Carruthers ripped off that 75 yard touchdown run uh, to start the second half his previous long was 58 yards against South Florida but that 75 yard touchdown run a big one to set the tone there in the second half as Navy went on for the victory the five touchdowns in the game the most by Navy player uh, since Zach Aby uh, the starting quarterback had in relief actually against Virginia in the military bowl back on December 28 2017 and, you know, Carruthers got, has this Navy offense, I feel like, taking it to another level because you now have that second home run threat that you had with, with Malcolm Perry before. Now you throw in what Carruthers is doing. And when Houston can't stop the basic trap play up the middle, uh, it's going to lead to a big day. And it led to more than just a big day, a mammoth day for Jamel Carruthers, the sophomore out of Bowling Green. Again, 188 yards, five touchdowns in the win over Houston. All right, speaking of Malcolm Perry, we're going to talk with the senior coming up next here on Yards and Stripes. Our featured guest this week, we're going to talk with Malcolm just about how this incredible season and career has unfolded for him. 
you know, as this thing wraps up and, and gets ready to turn for home with the Army-Navy game next weekend, and obviously uh, the bowl game that Navy will be playing in before a potential pro career. I ask him about so many things here, as you'll hear coming up next. Malcolm Perry, the finalist for the Manning Award. It's coming up next right here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes. And now joined by one of the team captains and stars, the offensive star of the Navy football team and certainly the offensive unit, Malcolm Perry, the senior quarterback. And Malcolm, look, uh, as you guys get ready to go into this this last game against Army, you know, how has this senior season unfolded, improving from 3-10 and 10 a year ago to now going 9-2, and two, going into this last regular season game? How have you seen this just playing out in your mind? Um, I think it started uh, directly after the Army game that last year. Um, you know, just as far as the senior class, just getting together and, you know, deciding that we didn't want our senior season to go that way. So um, just getting together as a unit and trying to, you know, get the whole team on, on the same page and, and trying to dedicate our, our, our time that we had during the summer, uh, during training camp and stuff like that, just to, to preparing ourselves to, you know, have a good season um, and, and make sure it was a memorable one. And I think it was pretty easy. Uh, I think everybody was on board uh, from the freshman on up um, with, with making that transition. You know, Coach Nehemiah, I know, set the tone in a lot of ways, you know, with, you know, making some tough decisions and some tough changes. And those changes seem like they've just obviously – paid just incredible dividends for you guys but you know as, as coach set that tone you know bringing in some new personnel some new faces some new ideas you know what are some things that you guys then after those changes were made that maybe you guys especially as seniors and as captains did to to make sure that that last season 2018 was an aberration and get navy football back to where you know it, it can be and where it should be um yeah you're right um coach and I made some made some tough decisions and, and he's open about that um, with, you know, the coaching changes that he's made and all the changes that he's made throughout, you know, this season. And I think that kind of trickled down into the players with seeing, you know, a man who, who made some tough decisions and, uh, you know, sacrificed a lot and just seeing that and it kind of, you know, resonated with us, um, you know, that, that dedication to winning, that dedication to making sure we had a great senior year, it kind of trickled down and, uh, you know, motivated us to make make sacrifices do things that you know maybe we weren't doing uh in the previous years and to make sure we had a great a great senior senior year absolutely as we continue with Malcolm Perry the senior quarterback for the midshipmen you know as you guys got back to more true a little bit more true triple option this year how has that just uh, things have clicked but how is that more suited uh you as a signal caller in this offense um I think uh it comes down to you know what we do in the meeting rooms what we do in the in the film rooms and just making sure myself, Coach Jasper, Coach Nehemiah, we're all on the same page. We're all comfortable with what's going on. Um, we're not doing things that, you know, maybe I'm not okay with or Coach Jasper's not okay with. Um, I think that that was big for me, um, just being comfortable on this, under the center, uh, being comfortable, you know, with uh, making texts or getting us in the right play and stuff like that. Um, I think it was, it was more of a communication thing. Uh, it's being open about, uh, what was going on, what were we confused about, just having a better relationship when it comes to, you know, communication. 
Yeah, and you know, I know that you worked so hard during the off season on, you know, throwing the football and being able to open up the passing game. And what about with Coach Stuntsman coming in to bring in some of those run and shoot concepts? You went to work. He's gone to work. How has this mm-hmm. marriage and, and, and the improvements are clear, but you know, how, how has the, this kind of new element to the offense given this look a, a new dynamic? Uh, I think I think it went very well. Uh, I think uh, it clicked a little better than even I thought it would. Um, you know, having Coach Tuss in the meeting room, uh, he fits in perfectly. Uh, you know, a guy that comes from, you know, a, a very much opposite background and how he attacks defenses. Um, I think they, they get along well. And I think um, the way he, he implements the passing game is is suited to, you know, how we run the offense. Um, I think the the stuff he, he put in is, is pretty much running the triple option uh, by, by throwing the ball. Um, I think it fits well. Um, he's very good about um, making sure I'm comfortable with things that he's putting in, um, making sure I'm understanding. He's always, you know, willing to put in the extra time to make sure that I understand what's going on and, also, you know, he's very good at at blending the two, blending the triple option with the passing game. And uh, I think he's done a really good job at that. What's what's the emergence of Jamel Carruthers, you know, the sophomore out of Bowling Green, uh, you know, coming from the, you know, basically uh, junior varsity. Now he comes in, he gets a taste of it against Tulsa, and he's mm-hmm. off and running now. How, how, what has he brought to this offense, and how much in a way has that – you know, pressure off you has it has it taken a little pressure off you now that you've got another home run hitter and it's not just yourself. Um, I mean, anything. Uh, you know, he does a lot for the offense in terms of you know spreading defenses out, uh, making them be true to you know what we are capable of, capable of. Um, you know, they can't just hone in on one thing. Um, we have multiple weapons around the field uh, that 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 can hurt a defense. So. Him coming in and be able to make it make the impact he has uh, has helped a lot. And uh, like you said, it does take a lot of pressure off you know other athletes on the field, uh, other skilled players to you know make a big play when you know he's coming in and he's he's doing it so consistently. So um, it's definitely something that I love having on the field with me. Um, you know, a home run threat, um, and I think he's doing a great job with handling it um, uh, and just learning. Always, you know, not getting a big head about anything, just yep. keeping his head down, and he's doing great. As you guys won a, uh, a share of the American Athletic West Division title and you know now turn the page to, to get ready for the Army Black Knights, what have you seen on film and, and starting to prepare for Army that you know that where, how they might be similar, how they might be different defensively than last year? Uh, I think uh, every year uh, you're going to get the best out of Army, um, no matter how their season's going, no matter what our, how our season went, um, you're going to get the best out of them and. Every year is the same. You know, they're they're a big physical group, um, much like, you know, we like to pride ourselves on toughness, physicality, and uh, discipline. They do the same thing. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, uh, they're physical, mm-hmm. they're fast, they fly around, and they're they're very smart when it comes to defending the triple option. You know, they're, they run the same thing, so they see it a lot. So um, there's not much you can fool them with. It really comes down to, you know, um, coming out the ball, being physical, and, and winning that battle. All right, as your class get, uh, gets ready to take on Army for that final time, you know, that your, your senior class having never clearly beaten Army, but, you know, how much does that push you in the, in the days, you know, leading up to the game, to spend maybe extra time in the film room, on the practice field, in the weight room, as you get ready for this game? 
Uh, a lot. You know, um, we know what's at stake. Uh, obviously, we're not we're not oblivious to the fact that we haven't beaten them yet. Um, and we acknowledge that. Um, so, I think that fact uh, has driven us not only through this week but through the whole season, um, through the summer. I don't I don't think that's something that you know you can just kick on uh, like you know it's Army Week now now that we haven't beaten them. You know, that's something that's motivated us all throughout uh, the summer, and we're looking forward to you know carrying that into this week. All right, wrapping up with Malcolm Perry, the senior quarterback for the midshipmen. What have you thought about what you're going to say to the offense, fellow your fellow senior classmates, you know, and to maybe the team before you guys hit the field against Army? Uh, not yet. You know, uh, talking to the young guys who who haven't played in the game yet, just giving them some advice about you know what the nerves are like going into the game. Um, you know what it's like walking in and seeing the the stadium's full and everybody's you know loud and active and stuff like that so um just having them having them comfortable level-headed going into the game but um just playing on letting it flow whatever i have to say um during that time i'm pretty much it's going to come from the heart um and hopefully it gets them ready all right malcolm uh you know get wrapping up here what does the naval academy mean to you not not just on the football field what does the academy mean to you and you've had so many memorable moments on top of it you know is there one that might stand out i know there's been so many whether it be pulled out of the stands at you know your plebe year to you know leading the comeback against air force this year is there one at least right now that you're going to be left with um i mean obviously the academy means a lot um it's provided me with so many opportunities uh, that I would never have anywhere else. So um, I'm grateful for that. And uh, um, I wouldn't say one specific moment uh, sticks out to me. I would say um, just the relationships that I built with, you know, my teammates and even, you know, like even my roommates are, are people that I've met at the Academy that influence me, inspire me and motivate me. Just all those relationships that, that I've developed there. So, All right, last one before we let you go. Last question. I know the NFL is, you know, a dream for a lot of players, and you've certainly got a wonderful career ahead with, you know, serving in the United States Navy and a, a degree mm-hmm. from the Naval Academy. Is the NFL something that you want to maybe give a shot, you know, once you get done playing for the mids? Uh, I think if the opportunity presents itself, definitely. Um, like you said, um, every kid dreams of that when they're growing up uh, playing football. So, um, definitely something that I would, I would, I wouldn't turn down. Um, and you know, once that opportunity presents itself or it gets to that time, uh, I definitely look into that, but right now it's, you know, it's army Navy time. So. Malcolm, it's been a pleasure to watch you play. Thanks so much for the time this week. Good luck, uh, against army black Knights. I know it's one that you really want. Good luck in that last, uh, regular season game. All right. Thanks for having me. There he is. The man himself. The Navy senior quarterback, Malcolm Perry, out of Clarksville, Tennessee. What a career he has had for the midshipmen. Number 10 in his career dwindling down with two more games to go. Obviously, the Army-Navy game and then a bowl game destination unknown at this point. So, when we come back, we're going to look ahead uh, to what's coming up next week. Just start previewing as we will have our special Army-Navy preview next week but just go ahead and starting to look at this big game played in Philadelphia and also hear what some of the coaches had to say and some of the players at the annual Army Navy press conference and luncheon in Philadelphia earlier this week so many games to muddle through who's looking for an angle who's looking for an upset we're looking forward every week as part of three dog Thursday hi I'm TJ Reeves join me for the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to picking those under dogs 
My co-host Kevin Rogers is a senior handicapper from VegasInsider.com, and we do a great job of analyzing and predicting at least three underdogs to look for every week in college football and in the pros. Plus, when the college basketball season rolls around, we got to keep picking underdogs all the way through the Final Four. It's Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And when picking those underdogs in the football and college basketball season, remember our podcast, Three Dog Thursday. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes. Appreciate Malcolm Perry joining us here in that last segment. Want to go ahead and start turning the page uh, to the Army-Navy game. And again, we're going to have Army-Navy preview special next week. But uh, before we get to the press conference and what some of the coaches had to say uh, there in Philadelphia earlier this week, I want to go through a couple news and notes real quick. Awards starting to pour in all over the place for uh, all these teams and Air Force. Let's start with the Falcons because you had six players named uh, to the All-Mountain West first or second team this week. Senior offensive line Scott Haddock, nose guard Mo Fafita, and then junior offensive lineman Nolan Laufenberg. They were all named first team All-Mountain West uh, earlier this week by the conference office. While senior offensive lineman Connor Vickpitz, uh, senior in- inside linebacker Kyle Johnson, and junior inside linebacker DeMonte Meeks were all named to the second team. Air Force also had eight players named honorable mention by the Mountain West. Defensive back Milton Bug the third, uh, senior defensive back Jeremy Fedulum, defensive lineman Jordan Jackson, fullback Timothy Jackson, place kicker Jake Conkey, defensive back Zane Lewis, wide receiver Gerard Sanders, and running back Caden Rimsburg. Huge amount of honors pouring in for the Air Force Falcons after a 10-2 regular season. So fantastic. And congratulations to those players from Air Force. A couple other news uh, regarding uh, the Falcons. Uh, Jeremy Fedulum, who we talked about earlier, two interceptions in that game, named Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week after picking off two Wyoming passes last weekend on Senior Day. A couple statistics real quick to tell you about. Air Force ranks number one nationally in a couple key categories in pass efficiency, they're number one in the country. And then in sacks allowed, they have only given up four. That's four better than what's second place in eight sacks allowed. So a couple big stats there. As Air Force now, 10 wins on the season, third most in school history, tied for third most behind the 12-win teams from 1985 and 1998. The Army Black Knights, they unveiled their Army-Navy uniforms, and boy, they are super sharp as they'll be the visiting team. Uh, their uniforms by Nike honoring the first Air Mobile Division. Awesome, beautiful new uniforms, as you would expect, uh, as both teams rolling out new threads for the game. I can't talk about them. You're just going to have to go look at them online, which I'm sure so many of you have. Navy's new uniforms by Under Armour paying tribute uh, to the 1960s era and their Heisman winning ways. That would be obviously Joe Bellino and Roger Staubach from 1960 and 63. So those uniforms there by Under Armour, again, super sharp as you would expect. Some awards to give out for uh, the Naval Academy that have now started coming in. Malcolm Perry uh, just named a finalist for the Manning Award, the top collegiate quarterback. Congratulations to him. Also this week, conference awards na- uh, 
announced by the American Athletic Conference. Malcolm Perry named the Offensive Player of the Year in the American Athletic, while Coach Ken Niamatololo was named the Coach of the Year in the American Athletic Conference. So congratulations to both of them. Also, a couple first-teamers announced by the league office, senior guard David Forty and sophomore linebacker Diego Fago, all named first-team. Junior offensive tackle Billy Honaker and junior linebacker Jacob Springer also named honorable mention for the Naval Academy American Athletic Conference. So congratulations to all those players raking in those awards for the postseason. All right, told you about the Army-Navy, annual Army-Navy press luncheon that was held in Philadelphia earlier this week. Both coaches, Coach Niamatololo and Coach Jeff Munkin, honestly, I felt like they were uh, spent a lot of their time just complimenting each other and just talking about the relationship, that close relationship both have. Here's what Coach Niamatololo had to say. I want to thank USAA, the city of Philadelphia, the Eagles, uh, for providing this great opportunity for both schools. And, you know, when we come here, it's a great opportunity, a lot of great memories, a lot of bad, some bad memories too. But I'm grateful to be here as I was telling the captains from West Point, you know, seeing Elijah, I feel like I, I see him every morning when I come to watch tape. I mean, like, how was 23, the boundary corner, making a tackle to the field or watching Cole run around, you know, on the inside and obviously Kelvin as a quarterback, but just been seeing – seen nightmares of them, you know, watching the, for the season. But um, I know they had some tough losses, close losses, had a chance in a lot of games, a lot of injuries. But I know who they are. They have a great football coach. know them very well. We both started coaching together. Uh, I've told the story before. We're both very competitive. Started off seeing who can make the best practice plan as GAs. I did the offensive game plan. He did the defensive game plan. And, we always try to outdo each other. We can make the nicest one. Uh, but I have great respect for him and his family. And the Navy head coach there referring uh, to those roots that go all the way back to the University of Hawaii, uh, where Munkin and Nehemiah both worked. Here's what Coach Munkin had to say, you know, in congratulating his good friend, Coach Nehemiah Tololo, on that American Athletic Conference Coach of the Year as they get ready to play in the greatest rivalry in college football, and not just college football, in all of sports. Congratulations to the, to the Navy team. A great, great season. Uh, my great friend Kenny, as, as most of you know, we've been up here uh, now six years in a row and, and had a chance to talk about our teams, but, but, uh, but just talk about the relationship that we have. It, it goes way back to, to those days in the Rainbow Hilton at, uh, at the University of Hawaii and, and Kenny and I working together and, and uh, so much respect for Kenny and, uh, and just who he is as, as a man and as a person and the job that he does with his team, um, we are uh, we're excited about the opportunity to play next Saturday in the greatest rivalry. So there you have it. What both teams and coaches had to say as they get ready for the Army Navy game next week. All right. When we come back, we're going to turn the page. Our annual or our weekly Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment, where we honor a member, uh, a service member who has given the ultimate sacrifice. That's coming up next, right here on Yards and Stripes. All right, you know the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment here is 
is my personal baby because uh, this is a time where wins and losses in the grand scheme of life, they don't matter. Um, it's ob- it's people, obviously, that matter. And our servicemen and women uh, who put their lives on the line, uh, some giving the ultimate sacrifice. That's what this is all about. And we, I want to take the time and remember those heroes who do give the ultimate sacrifice. And I want to remember this week, Sergeant Paul DeMont, Jr., from the United States Army, uh, who gave the ultimate sacrifice August the 19th, 2009, while set serving in Kandahar, Afghanistan. And Paul DeMont was a uh, 20, was 23 when he lost his life as a, a native of Williamsburg, Virginia, assigned to the 149th Transportation Company out of Fort Eustis, uh, Virginia. And he lost his life in injuries uh, sustained in a non-combat-related incident uh, but Paul, who was described as loving everything about life and that it had to offer, was amazing son, brother, husband, and friend. Uh, and he was proud to serve this country, and he made the ultimate sacrifice in doing so. Uh, and that we, we obviously know, uh, as he was also described as a curious individual from when he was a little boy, uh, wanting to know how things work, what made them work. And then taking that to the military as a mechanic, uh, which is one of his joys in life, as he learned, uh, as he loved to go off-roading when he wasn't working. He was often described as a joker who made others feel better about the situation. And, you know, he was, as a junior, first deployed to Iraq for a year, came home a changed man. And after a year on uh, the home station, he volunteered to deploy for a fellow soldier whose wife was pregnant, even though Paul knew he needed to have surgery on his knees, but he knew he could do that later. And it just exemplified the type of giving uh, uh, that Paul DeMont and what was in his heart uh, as his friends and family describe him. And here's his brother, Adam, uh, who participated in the 2017 Travis Mannion Foundation Teen Expedition, in his words, on how it helped him continue his brother's legacy uh, of service and character and commitment. My brother was in Afghanistan, and I was seven when he passed away. And he loved saying that he'd be living the dream. And he used to go off-roading and fishing and hunting. And this is living my dream. Just to be with kids that have the same background as you do. I felt like coming out here was just needed to help other people and to help the ranch. So we've been tossing bales, and that's probably the most fun part about this trip, in my opinion, because you just get to work together as a team and strategize. If you've never been on an expedition like this and you're hesitant, I'd say just go for it. You're going to meet new people and have a great time. This gives me a different outlook on what kind of job I want in life. I like to help people in need, and I feel like this has helped me do so. Again, that's Paul DeMont's younger brother, Adam, uh, talking about what the Travis Mann Foundation means to him, his experience at the Teen Expedition, and remembering his brother uh, as he said he now knows what he wants to move on and do in life. Just so, again, we take this time to, to remember uh, folks like Paul DeMont Jr., uh, who gave the ultimate sacrifice, and so many others that we've remembered here on the podcast this season, last season, seasons before, and also that we haven't got to yet uh, because their sacrifice is never forgotten. And so we just want to say, and for me, thank you to all those veterans, not just those who've given the ultimate sacrifice, importantly, their family, but to everybody serving around the country, here at home and abroad.
In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. Well, that's a wrap, folks. This episode of Yards and Stripes in the books as we now count down to the Army-Navy game next weekend in Philadelphia. We're going to have our Army-Navy preview special next week. Hope to have that out early in the week for you. Uh, so stay tuned for that as we look ahead to the midshipmen and the Black Knights doing battle there at Lincoln Financial Field. Certainly the chance for, for Navy to get a win and bring home the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Army going to try and put a stop to that uh, as they could get a win and retain the Commander-in-Chief trophy. So that is what is on the line next weekend in Philadelphia and looking forward to, to previewing that game early next week. And we will give you that with our preview special uh, on next week's episode. So I uh, want to thank Malcolm Perry. Uh, you know, the Navy senior quarterback just has had one spectacular campaign um, a finalist for the Manning Award, top quarterback uh, in college football. So congratulations to him. Uh, want to thank the Travis Manning Foundation again uh, for partnering with us this season. And want to thank the folks at Red Circle for, for hosting the podcast this season. It's been a lot of fun. And it's going to be a lot of fun next week as we take a weekend off. We don't have anything in action. We all kind of catch our collective breath and build up to the Army-Navy game next weekend. But for myself, Price Atkinson, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you again next week right here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. To get more on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy football.